Our scripture today comes from Romans chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 14 and go through 17. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Let's hear from the word of God. It's written. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him now in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Paul here so far in chapter 8 of Romans, he's, he's really been showing us the difference between um, living according and living by our flesh and living according and by the Spirit. And he's been laying out those and he's beginning to show the benefits of, of being led by the Spirit, of living according to the Spirit, that we have the indwelling, the permanent residency of God's Spirit in us as part of of our salvation. Now in this, he's, he's pointed out that we get new life, right? We are being regenerated. In the Bible, we call that born again. Being born again, we're being regenerated from the inside out. It's that transformation that begins, as Jesus told us in John chapter 4. And you know, this happens to those who are in Christ being regenerated, getting this new life in the Spirit, happens for those who are in Christ because of his perfect work on the cross and his resurrection. For you see, he's our substitute. He, as Pastor Chris said, paid for our sins by taking them on himself and enduring God's wrath for us. And in that same moment, that he took on our sins and atoned for them, he put onto us his righteousness. And we still have it. And that by our faith in Christ, we are justified before God. Justified. That is the uh, uh, right legal standing to be before him. It's that declaration in Romans 8.1 of the ruling of no condemnation. Your sin has been paid. We have been justified. We now have right standing before God. The sins aren't counted against us. Our relationship isn't marred by our sin and rebellion against him, but we are in that right relationship that we can talk. We don't have the fear of condemnation. We have been ruled right with God. 
no condemnation. And now, now Paul writes of another benefit of Jesus Christ's supreme and sufficient work, and that is adoption. Adoption. In adoption, God makes us members of his family. He makes us members of his family. In uh, John writes in his gospel at the very beginning, in chapter 1, verse 12, he writes, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. For you see, adoption is for the believer, for those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And it's important that we understand this because uh, liberal Christianity, progressive Christianity has led us in our contemporary culture to say, well, everyone is a child of God, but I'm here to tell you that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that those who are in Christ become children of God. In fact, we go all the way back to Genesis to fully understand this. In Genesis 1, verse 27, it's written, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We were created in the image of God. All of humanity bears an image and resemblance to our creator. For we were created by him. Everyone is made in the image of God. This is true. This is what the Bible speaks of. Yet it is also true that to be a child of God is only for those who are in Christ. Only those who are born again. Only those who have faith in Jesus. See, John also writes in his gospel, in the eighth chapter, he begins telling us about fathers. And he's replying to them in verse 42 through 44. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. We are not all children of God, but those who are in Christ become children of God. And as when we're living in our flesh, we are living into sin and rebellion against God. We are fulfilling the desires of the devil himself to rally, to rebel against our creator, our maker, the one true God. So he is our father, our spiritual father. But if you're in Christ, this is where Paul's coming. For those who are in Christ, adoption is a wonderful thing. It's a marvelous thing. For you see, God could have given us justification. He could have made us right with him and paid our sins, and we stand in right standing, legal standing before him without the privilege of adoption. God could have done that. God also could have led us into regeneration, into being born again, into this new life in the spirit from the inside out, also could have done it without the privileges of adoption. 
For you see, adoption has to do with our relationship to God as our Father. There are many privileges, blessings that come with being adopted by God, by being his son, his daughter. In verse 14, we are told that we are led by the Holy Spirit. Those who are adopted by God are led by the Holy Spirit, by his spirit. So you remember what Jesus said, that if if we don't bear, we can't stand to listen to Jesus. We don't love Jesus. The devil's our father, and we're trying to do his desires, right? That's what Jesus said, that then he's our father. We're trying to accomplish his desires, which so happen to meet most of our own desires of our belly and of our flesh, and we rebel and sin against God. Now, what the Holy Spirit does with when we are adopted by God, we are led then by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit allows us to then change our desires away from being desired by our own selfish motives and actions and living for the Father, for the devil, for our own flesh, and living. We change our desires. We want to live for God. We want to accomplish his will. We want to do his purposes. Our desires become his desires. But it's also this lifelong struggle, right? There's things we want to do and we do not do. And it's the confession Paul makes that we all completely understand. And the things we don't want to do, we do do. But remember, when we look at Paul, language is important. So in verse 14, he says, for. So we go back and say, well, what did he say previously? He tells us that we've been given the Holy Spirit indwelling in us so that we have the power to kill the works of our body, the works of the flesh, the deeds of the devil. We've been given that power because we have been adopted by God. We have this incredible power to be led by the Spirit to not only change our desires, but to kill away daily the old desires. Notice the language is used here. It's to kill the deeds of our flesh. He didn't say just, you know, turn your back to it, walk away. Kill. It's a strong action, and it's put in that continuous present that requires continuous action, daily work for us to kill our old desires so that the desires that are being enlivened and growing up in us by the Holy Spirit are the desires to do God's will. This is a benefit of being adopted. The, uh, you know... Another benefit of being adopted, as Paul points out here in the scripture, is that by that same spirit that helps us kill our sin and our rebellion and our flesh, helps us to cry out, Abba, Father. He is our Father. Because of our adoption, We are able to speak to God and to relate to him as a good and loving father. 
not as a father who's waiting to strike the hammer down upon us and crush us, but a good and loving, perfect father, the only perfect father we will ever know in our entire lives. The one who is always there will never leave us nor forsake us. The one who loved us when we thought we were the most unlovable pieces of people on earth. He loved you. And he pulled you out of it. And drew you in. As we sang in the songs. As it's written in scripture. We're no longer slaves but sons and daughters. Through adoption, he gives us a great inheritance in heaven. For the rest of verse 17, it's written, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And as heirs, we then have the rights to what Peter puts In his first letter, chapter 1, verse 4, hear these words. We're heirs to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. That's what you get to inherit. And it's the Father's perfect love and presence for you eternity. You know, one of the most powerful words I believe in the Lord's Prayer is the last one. Forever. Forever. It's not a temporary treasure. It's not a temporary benefit. It's forever. For we know the things of this world cannot go with us. They We can take them to the grave and there they will stay and turn to dust. We know and we understand the promise of scripture for a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. That this world will go away and there will be made new. And there we will be with our brothers and sisters, our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Not for a little bit. Not for a few centuries, forever. This is the promise. This is the inheritance. An inheritance we have a sure hope in receiving for those who are in Christ because God gave us his spirit as a guarantee that God would fulfill his own promises. And so if we don't get heaven we don't get God forever, then God would have to stop ceasing to be God because he would then have to live apart from his spirit and it is not possible. And we are told this by Paul in Ephesians so we have assurance, so we know that what we stand on is solid. It's not shaky ground. It's not going anywhere. But then You know, Paul also writes this. He says, provided, language with Paul, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Life will not be easy 
as a Christian. We are not promised the easy life. We are not promised a comfortable life. We're not promised to be wealthy beyond our imagining. What we are promised is suffering, sorrow, grief, pain. And yet, it's when we are suffering, when we are in pain, when we are sorrowful and grieving, we have a peace that passes all understanding. We have a love from our perfect Father that doesn't leave us, that doesn't forsake us. We have hope. We have hope. A perfect hope. A true hope. In Christ Jesus, who is our only hope in life and in death. For you see, as the scripture says, we were not given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We don't have to be afraid that one wrong step ruins it forever. We're going to stumble, we're going to fall, life is going to be hard. But the same grace that saved us is the grace that picks us up and the grace that loves us all the way through to glory. This is the promise. The Holy Spirit is living in you, permanently dwelling in you. And it marks us, it seals us, it gives us the power to cry out in those moments when we fall down, Abba, Father. And we know we have a Father that we don't fear condemnation but who will love us. Love us as no one else can. Suffering will happen. It's true. It may even feel like it's the theme of your life. But the truth is, in all the world, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are the most privileged. You are the ones with a treasure in heaven that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading because you are sons and daughters of the God Most High. For you see, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, proving God's love for us. As we sang in most of the songs this morning, we are no longer a slave to fear. We have been freed, set free. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you can sing it, you can shout it, you can tell the whole world the good news. Yes, yes, you are a child of God. And let me tell you why that's the most important thing about you. 
because God is your father. He alone is perfect. 